Uh, whoa. Hi, hi, folks. It's your good pal Jordan. Welcome to a brand new episode, a bonus episode, should I say, of game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. This is the niche podcast about the one thing I know something about, game shows, I suppose. It's the title. Uh, okay, came in. Uh, friend of the show, uh, Kimberly Dana, sent this over. Uh, let me know about Rift Apparel and... Rift Apparel has this cool Nightwing shirt I just ordered, and it's here now. Whoa, that looks really nice. Uh, amazing. Wait a minute. Uh, April 4th? Yeah, that's that's actually when he debuted. That's actually kind of fascinating stuff. Wow. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of clever uh, tricks in that one. I'll definitely uh, wear that shirt. Uh, probably in a selfie when this, this episode airs, uh, which is going to be Friday. I'm recording this. Around 7.30. Should be a lot of fun. This is one of those uh, bonus episode dealies. We rarely do it here in game shows, I suppose, but when it's something special, damn it, you just want to do it. So uh, I decided that this is a special game shows, I suppose, reality show week. Uh, We're going to be talking about two reality shows. Of course, Wednesday, we talked about Big Brother with McRae. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I made this ultimate version of Big Brother, and people seemed to like it. Um, that was my first foray into reality television. And what we're talking about today is kind of like my second, almost third maybe, because Survivors definitely be talked about next week, uh, with Kyle Sarah, who has a game show podcast. And not about game shows, like an actual trivia fun podcast. Lots of fun, lots of things to talk about in this episode. Uh, also, it's going to be a good kickoff for next week, where it's not one, not two, but three episodes, all next week. So I'm running a little marathon, as it were, uh, where it's three game shows, I suppose, episodes, one on Monday, one on Wednesday, and one next Friday. Uh, please tune in, or if you're listening to this in the archives, hey, thanks for binge-watching all the episodes uh, stay, stay, stay cute and adorable, my friends. Uh, so Kyle is, is going to be one of the, the people behind the 26 hour game show throwdown. Uh, it's going to start on July 27th, uh, at noon in the Hyatt Place at Glendale. You can find out more on the link below. It's called the game show throwdown courtesy of our friends at home game entertainment a fun little group of people who work in the game show world in one form or another. Uh, So so it's going to be a little bit of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Uh, But first, uh, got to get to some news. So I just saw the great game show Spin the Wheel. I will keep praising that show because, like I said, it's a much better version of The Wall. And considering they're pushing that till 2020, I feel like I'm getting my, my wall fixed through the wheel. And it's a much more improved and, should I say, better show uh so so in today's episode a guy went up to four million dollars and that was really exciting because whoa four million bucks but unfortunately as is the case with the show 
they the the partner took the offer, but they got seven hundred thousand dollars. So that's kind of a, a great uh, bit of money. I forgot what the exact total was, but that, to me, that that's still a good good day at the office, and it, it goes to show you that you never really know what happens on that game show. And yes, they throw money left and right, but I think. It's not just to say, hey, we can throw money left and right. I think there is something to do about the show. Uh, if you can't really go through a character story and you don't really have a, a game format that is focused on a top prize, when you have something that's really a ludicrous amount of money, you can do things like this, and it kind of shows how cool the format could actually be. If, if it was something like The Wall, even if it was $4 million bucks. The contract will only be whatever was the round one amount plus the amount of correct answers. So at most, you'll be seeing like 120,000 plus maybe like 60, 70. Even if a perfect round was made, like maybe half a million dollars. So a $700,000 offer is something unique and different to the show, uh, which I enjoy. You don't really see that even on Deal or No Deal. So, so I'm giving a big thumbs up to Spin the Wheel. Uh, keep watching it, folks. It's a good show. Uh, repeats are on Fox.com. Uh, next, uh, we have this cool thing here. Speaking of uh, game shows, oh, uh, Cannonball. USA Network orders water-based competition series based on Talpa format. <sighs> USA Network is expanding its unscripted programming slate with a series order to wacky water-based competition series Cannonball. Based on the hit Talpa format for my TV, it wasn't a hit. I saw Cannonball. People were kind of going, this is total wipeout, my friend. It was. The network ordered a 10-episode first season for premiere in 2020. Created by Talpa's John the Mole. Hey, we just talked about him. We talked about the mole. Uh, each episode of Cannonball features 16 large-in-life personalities. Sound familiar? Willing to jump into the deep end and compete into four rounds of physical challenges. From the speed slide mega ramp to a thrilling drop tower to the explosive air cannon and more. Each round eliminates more hopefuls until one champion remains. The format's franchise originated in the Netherlands by Talpa, who also produced in Australia. British version was by Andrew Freddy Flintoff with Frankie Bridge, Ronzi uh, Chindaga, whatever that is. Ryan Hand and Maya Yama is a poolside reporters aired for one season. One season! You could watch a trailer for the British series below. Campbell is pure fun and sun for the whole family to always, said Heather Olander, Senior Vice President of Alternative Development Program for USA Network. Filled with splashes, laughs, and friendly competition, we are all thrilled to add such an energetic series to our schedule. The series is produced by Talpa Media. Cannonball joins their unscripted slates, which includes Chrisley Knows Best, Growing Up Chrisley the Ratkiz, Ms. and Mrs. Oh, gee, that's right. They do Ms. and Mrs. Uh, Straight Up Steve Austin is coming up, a reboot of The Biggest Loser, and a reboot of Temptation Island. Uh, I mean, that, that's one thing. I could see how that's a little different because because that, that sounds like a, a show you would want to put near the summer because the water features and the suit. So that, that we are seeing... Folks, I'm just going to tell you right now, I think the show is going to air next summer to the dot. So we're going to see a 365-day countdown until Cannonball shows up, if it does. Um, I've seen Cannonball. It's, uh, to be honest, it's just kind of boring. 
they kind of because because it's only like a few challenges and once you get where the the slapstick is of how they fall in the water it gets boring but considering how holy moly's doing maybe it's not such a bad thing um usa network has done game shows before uh of course in early days things like quicksilver uh then they had things like smush in the 2000s uh for a reality competition show it's kind of weird that they would be leaning this. I think they're trying to look for their summer splash series. But uh, considering this is a cable channel, I would wish they had more risk taking. I understand they do, they want to do cheap. They want to do whatever as little as possible. But when I think USA Network and considering they're going to lose SmackDown eventually for Fox, uh, I think they need to try and steer away from the WWE and in that crowd, sorry, wrestling fans, and try and get the Chrisley knows best audience. Try and get the, I would, I, I'm not gonna say wine moms, but I'm gonna say fun, fun women. What is like ages 25 to 45 women? What do they like? What do they enjoy? Mixed with dudes who just want to chill out. I think it's USA Network should be like a chill as hell fun fun show i remember they tried what was that a summer camp or something like like it was it was this weird uh show from the big brother people i mean like it, that that's that's one take on it but it seems like if you were going to do something fun i mean sp- physical challenge works but hmm i would want to see something then you know what i want to see if the, how they handle an in-studio game show like a quiz show or maybe something like that would be like an older version. Like what I think if they ever did a reboot of truth or consequences, USA network would might be that, that network, if not true TV, uh, if they, if they wanted to try a panel game show, that would be interesting network to have. Uh, I think if, when I think USA network, I always think out of the ordinary, I always think of their dramas and their and their and their writ, their written actions. So you want something that has some fun action sequences. I remember MTV did the phone uh, a long ass time ago. Maybe reboot that show and put on USA Network. Who knows? But it's Cannonball. It's coming soon. Give it exactly one year time. If this show's still around in a year. Odds are I'm going to review the American version of Cannonball. Uh, also, the big important news of, of, of course, the week, uh, Emmy nominations were out. Folks, the Emmy nom. you remember all those four-year considerations that you saw and you're like, what the fuck? I don't know. They're out now. Uh, and I got the nominations, and then I'm going to, after I go through all the lists, I'm going to explain my rationale of who deserves what. All right, because I feel like that 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 should count. Uh, so first, uh, outstanding host for a reality or competition program. All right, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen's Game of Games, RuPaul for RuPaul's Drag Race, Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman for making it, James Corden for the world's best, Marie Kondo tidying up with Marie Kondo. All right, so let's go down the line here about these five. Uh, so a, a host. Uh, I feel like we're this is just good padding for the episode. A good host is supposed to be the salesman to the format. They're supposed to be the one that can juggle between the contestants, the audience, if there is one in studio, and you, the audience, watching at home. 
Uh, most of the time these days, it is basically someone who's on who's a producer of the show because of the way agencies work and package deals. So Ellen, for Ellen's Game of Games, uh, she's a good host. Her daytime show is fun. She's fantastic, lovely. Her games that are played on Ellen's Game of Games come from her talk show. So it stems from that. It's an offshoot of, of her talk show games. I She's a wonderful host. It, it Her brand is Ellen, so it makes sense. Ellen... For that, so I'm leaving her right now. RuPaul is great. I think everyone loves RuPaul's Drag Race. It's one of those guilty pleasure shows. The gays love them. I think it's kind of a weird show, but what I like most about RuPaul's Drag Race is when you see the evolution of the show. Originally, it was like a satire of reality television. It was the show where everyone wanted to do the catty bitchiness, and this show had none of that. And now, the most recent few seasons have just been just catty bitch is and it's like no if you wanted the catty bitch you would be the drag character the drag characters typically were the catty bitches so it's kind of weird i love the creativity they do in those games and challenges uh it, it's very vaudevillian still uh but also very enjoyable and rupaul is like the king or should i say queen of of drag that uh, he, he offers a lot of invite and is is this is this wonderful wholesome soul person that, that actually speaks from the heart which i enjoy uh amy polar nick offerman on making it uh, i'm not spoiling anything for a future episode but uh nick offerman is the perfect person in making it because he has the craftsman experience amy polar exists in this show i think it's only because of the parks and rec connection that she's there i know they were trying to go for a great british bake-off kind of deal with these two they're wholesome they're nice but i would say nick needs someone to pair with like like that should be uh it should be someone different i think it should have been nick offerman and megan malay i think megan should have been the host not really amy polar but Hey, it's fine. It's fine. It's an okay. It's okay show. I like making it. It's a good cult show. I don't know what happened to season two, but it's still apparently in development. Um, James Corden in the world's best. Uh, that was a lot of politicking. I'm guessing because I've seen the world's best, and the dude is in the new Cats trailer. He plays one of the cats. And he's on Late Late Show. And I think he was just there just because CBS promotional. I, I, he, he, he could have done much better than the world's best, I feel. Uh, and Marie Kondo of Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Now, that's a reality show. That's not a competition show. But uh, Marie Kondo had a hell of a year. Tidying Up became this cult phenomenon. And because of the Kondo effect, a lot of goodwills and... I guess Salvation Army's had a lot of donations. Uh, so she deserves some sort of award or recognition for what she did, even if it's just this nomination. Uh, I, I like Marie Kondo. I think her show is, is cute and fun, and we need to figure out what brings you joy. And that's why I keep all my video games and Nightwing figures. You can't tell me I'm not a hoarder. I'm not a hoarder. Anyway, so when it comes to the hosting, I think it's going to be between RuPaul or Ellen. Uh, if, if I had, if I had to cast my vote, uh, which, which for the record, I am not part of the Academy of Television Sciences. I wish I was, but <laughs> I don't have the creds. 
Uh, I would have vote for RuPaul for RuPaul's Drag Race in Outstanding House. All right, Outstanding Structure Rally Program. This is the one that's a formatted format. So you know, so you know, there's things that are scripted that are part of it. A win loss condition, or what do you see? Every episode never changes. Antiques Roadshow, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, Queer Eye, Shark Tank, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, and Who Do You Think You Are? All right, so uh, a lot of these aren't game shows. So I can't really speak on that. Antiques Roadshow is not a game show because they don't buy the items at these antique places. It's just kind of just a here's what it is. Um, but that's fun. Dyer's Drivers and Dives also not a game show. Uh, but it's Guy Fieri. People love Guy. I like the episode where he just eats a giant hot dog. Uh, Queer Eye, more than the makeover. Iconic Netflix show. People seem to forget it's on Netflix. Uh, recently, they pulled Friends and they pulled... Uh, I believe it was Friends, and they pulled uh, The Office. And everyone's like, well, there's nothing to watch. Well, Netflix has Queer Eye, and, you know, people seem to love the Queer Eye gang, so, and, and this version is way better than the Bravo run. I, I like everyone there. Uh, geez. Uh, is my favorite. That, uh, it seems like someone you just want to be friends with, even if you don't really need a makeover. Uh... <laughs> Shark Tank uh, is a game. I call Shark Tank a game show because there's a win-loss condition. It's the deal-making. It's the you get the deal, you don't get the deal. Uh, so of the six, this is the only one that's a considered game show to me. Um, this one is a format based off Dragon's Den. Uh, I like the show in the way it's trying to promote entrepreneurship and ideas. And then the more I watch it, the more I go, well, we ran out of ideas because here's organic dog treats, here's organic baby clothes, and here's new attempts at food trucks or some weird app that we'll just never see. It's it's like now that you watch like Shark Tank after like, oh, what is it, around their 11th, 12th season, some of the products are just kind of, I've seen that before. And you don't see a scrub daddy anytime soon. And I think that's what's missing. I like the show. I think the, the, the way that they have people on there are great. My favorite's Barbara. I, my favorite shark is Barbara. I know some people love Mark Cuban. I know people want that deal with Mark Cuban or Mr. Wonderful. But uh, we'll save that for another day. Uh, tightening up in Marie Kondo, once again, we've explained that show. Uh, Marie Kondo had a hell of a year. Uh, and then Who You Think You Are, that was that show that was originally on NBC, and then I believe they revived it to, I believe, Discovery Channel or PBS. And it's just this heritage story where we get to learn about the backgrounds of celebrities. Uh, between those six, because I do watch all six of these shows, and this is kind of my realm of entertainment. I like nonfiction shows, and I love uh, story structures. I've, I have a background in documentaries and stuff. I would say, as much as I would want Shark Tank or Diners, I think it's you're going to be Queer Eye or, or Marie Kondo. And I think if it's going to go to RuPaul for Outstanding Host, Marie Kondo is going to get Structured Reality Program. I think that's going to be where Marie gets it. Unstructured uh, has Born This Way, Deadliest Catch, Life Below Zero, RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked, Somebody Feed Phil, in United Shades of America with W. Kamau Bell. You know, I I mean, I, these, these are the more document. This is more diehard docs and more, uh, more, more kind of, kind of uh, transformative 
reality. This is ones where it's kind of like your your Chrissy knows best. For me, I can't really judge because I've only seen three of these six. But uh, I think last year, Born This Way won in two years before that Kamau won. I don't know if Kamau's going to win this year because CNN doesn't really promote his show that much. I think if I'm going to make a bet, it could be Deadliest Catch if they're putting that to an end. Or it's going to be Born This Way again. I think maybe Born This Way. Uh, Outstanding Competition Program. This is where I come in because these are all game shows. These are all game shows. These are all game shows. All right. American Ninja Warrior. We already talked about that. Scott Benson was there. Uh, I love it. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. We haven't talked about that yet. It is a game show. Um, Nailed it. Wonderful show on Netflix. Definitely counts. The Amazing Race. One of my all-time favorite reality shows. It counts. The Voice, a classic uh, singing competition show. Uh, I don't know how many people have, have seen it. I love the way they do the judges with, like, there's an R&B star, there's a rock star, there's a pop singer, there's a country, and it's all four genres of music as the coaches, and it presents the the, the, the singer with choices, and I enjoy that. Uh, and then Top Chef. Top Chef, I would say, is... Outside of like the Iron Chef format of, of cooking, Top Chef is this master class of what it takes to be a good chef. I haven't seen the most recent seasons, but I, I do enjoy, I think of all those cooking shows that I see, um, most of the food that I see as the quote unquote challenges are things that's like, ooh, that looks the most delicious. I would eat that on Top Chef compared to to like, Hell's Kitchen or Master Chef. Top Chef has 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 like the primo kind of uh, cooking contest. So for me, as much as I love American Ninja Warrior, and I think they might if it's I think it's gonna be Drag Race. I think it's gonna be a Drag Race this year. I love Nailed It. I love Ninja Warrior. I love the Amazing Race. My vote should be for Amazing Race. If it was me and I had the vote, it's Amazing Race. I think it's going to go to Drag Race. I think Drag Race is going to win, not The Amazing Race. Um, but it's a good chance it could also be The Voice because that always does great ratings. Um, but if, you, if, if you're asking me, like, what did I vote for? I'm just going to tell people The Amazing Race because I love that show. The way to handle production, it's still crazy, the amount of coordination, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. Uh so outstanding directing for a reality program, American Ninja Warrior from Minneapolis City Qualifiers, Queer Eye, Black Girl Magic, RuPaul's Drag Race, Whatcha Unpacking, and then Shark Tank Episode 1002, and The Amazing Race, Who Wants a Rolex. Uh, so, so the directing for these reality shows are very tough and very, uh, you need a lot of coordination, you need a lot of, of, of discussion and production value. What do you need to show? What do you need to not see? How do you do reveals? Because uh, you can't, you can barely sometimes do these pickups. So, uh, if it was me, I would say probably I, I'd go for American Ninja Warrior because it's a sports broadcast. So it's a sports directing, and it makes it come across as a big event. So, so that's where I would go. I would go American Ninja Warrior on that one. Although Shark Tank is still iconic for its zoom in when someone says "I'm out," and that never gets old with me. Whew. I'm gonna have myself a little uh, drink. All right, so I guess we should start today's episode.
It's summer, and for many people, it's time to go camping. But when it came to Fox in the year 2000, they were looking at what CBS did with their camp-based game show, Survivor, and go to an even tougher camp, Boot Camp. When it came to game shows on Fox, this was a little after Greed, but before The Chamber. According to Wikipedia, Fox in 2000 barely had much shows up against ABC, with Millionaire and CBS with Survivor. Sunday had that 70s show, King of the Hill, The Simpsons, and Malcolm in the Middle, followed by The X-Files, and at one point, a reboot of The Lone Gunman. Monday was a new drama about a public high school called Boston Public, and the return of Ally McBeal. Tuesday saw Futurama, Titus, and, if it was the fall, Dark Angel. If it was the summer, a murder mystery game show called Murder in Small Town X. But more on that on a future episode. Thursday had their Thursday night movie. Friday had World's Wildest Police videos, followed by Freaky Links and Million Dollar Mysteries, leaving Sundays with Cop and America's Most Wanted. As you might have picked up, Wednesday in the year 2000 was left out. Wednesdays in the land of Y2K was the battleground. WB had your Dawson's Creek and Felicity. UPN had Voyager. NBC had the West Wing. CBS did not battle, as they would air 60 Minutes. Bet with Bette Midler, some of my best friends with Jason Bateman, And welcome to New York with Jim Gaffigan. The fight was between two networks, ABC and Fox. Millionaire was on. My wife and kids debuted. Two guys and a girl with that hunk Ryan Reynolds was there. The Drew Carey show was after along with Spin City. They even had the Wayne Brady show, a sitcom with Wayne Brady. And a game show that was an adaptation of the PC CD-ROM game show, You Don't Know Jack. ABC meant business. Fox competed. That 70s show, Malcolm in the Middle, Family Guy, Titus, a new sitcom called Grounded for Life, and two new reality television formats. One was Temptation Island with Mark L. Wahlberg, now rebooted for the USA Network. And the other, a precursor to Hell's Kitchen and American Grit. A show meant to be a celebration of military life, and the fear of civilians adapting into military life as well. It was called Boot Camp. Contestants wore what the producers gave them, had military regulation haircuts, also known as buzz cuts, and got screamed at by four drill instructors, three of which were active duty, into exercises and routines, a show that lasted one season, followed by one celebrity special. Was this just embarrassing for the military? Was there a reason for its one-and-done ending? To go into this mission alone would be lunacy, so I am joined by Kyle Sarah to take on Operation Frags, Familiar Recall and Assessment of Game Shows, and the game mechanic that is severely underrated. Now let's turn the table. With me on the line is the host of the Trivia Tavern and and new best friend Kyle Sarah. Wait a minute. You're Jordan Haas? That's me. You're you're Jordan Haas. Yes. 
I, I know Jordan Haas, and you don't sound anything like him, and I don't appreciate you impersonating a great podcaster like that. Uh, oh, you got me. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's Barney. It was actually Barney. Oh. Uh, so, What's up, Jordan? Uh, nothing much. Uh, just just sitting here watching boot camp with you. It's like it's like we're we're both like compatriots. We're both in the bunker. We're both yeah, just... we're both uh, transported about nineteen years ago. Nineteen years ago, specifically March twenty eighth, two thousand one. Yeah. This was Ridiculous. the gold. This is what people say is the golden era of reality television. The the post survivor anything goes world of reality. It's where all the other networks tried to replicate what survivor. Uh, pioneered some were successful some lasted only one season like this show and then that's what kind of is the 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 discussing point of the episode uh so i mean like nbc barely touched anything till fear factor i guess uh yep. abc you had your bachelor bachelorettes very early on as well as the mole the thing is nbc um they really took off when donald trump got involved and uh, they debuted The Apprentice in 2004. The, the so orange buffoon himself. Yeah, himself. Now, I'm, I'm going to admit, back then, I was a huge fan of Trump's. I loved The Apprentice. I watched probably the first five seasons, and then it just kind of tapered off. I watched the celebrity versions as well. But then, of course, in recent years, things happened, and now I don't really care for him. I See, I, what I did was I, I tried to rewatch him after watching Alan Sugar episodes, and I'm like, this is actually a much more superior apprentice because the prize on that yeah. is that they get 50-50 partnership in their own company. So it, wow. Uh, with a, like a quarter million salary. So it's like, oh, oh, right. that actually makes more sense than here's like Donald Trump's uh, nursery home slash casino. <laughs> and you get to, you know, you, you get to be employed by Donald Trump for a year and you get, what was it, a quarter million dollar salary. Yeah. And then once your year is up, that's it it's like compare that to say hell's kitchen where it's a quarter million dollar salary but at least it's like you get some it's a, you know, it's a job which uh, I, I love hell's kitchen as well i actually worked for a week on hell's kitchen as a pa it was i think the 12th season and we were uh we were called up to stand in for the contestants for like rehearsals and so we're standing there in the uh, in the dining room and they're trying to rehearse they're trying to re rehearse the intro for that season and gordon ramsay comes over walks walks over to us and he's, he's you know he's practicing his lines he goes so are you ready we're all like yes chef are you ready yes chef <laughs> and later on i see him i see him backstage i didn't personally get to meet him but i'm seeing him backstage he's there with his assistant or his agent or something and this guy is just leaning against the crafty table eating doritos and he's talking to the other pas and i'm realizing wow the rumors are true when he's on camera, he is this just enormous, like, you know, Lothario just yelling at people. But in real life, he's actually a really nice guy. And I that was very, that kind of warmed my heart a little bit to, to see this, 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 you know, this really mad guy on TV. He's actually really nice in real life. Oh, just, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, Kai, you want to instruct the, the listeners over some of your credits in some of these great game shows? Sure. So very briefly, my game show fandom started when I was seven. My mom handed me a videotape of my uncle, who was a five-day champion on the Eubanks version of Card Sharks. And up until then, I had I was watching TV shows and such, but when I when I got the chance to see one of my family members on TV on a game show, I was 
hooked. And I'm like, oh my God, I know that guy on TV. So I decided to watch that tape over and over and over and over again to the point where I can actually recite what Bob Eubanks was saying, most of the questions that he asked and what my uncle's reactions were. So it started from there. I ended up watching his appearance on Scrabble and then his then wife's appearance on Scrabble. I watched Debt and then I watched all the Nickelodeon game shows. And then finally in 1999, my mom got me a, a birthday gift in the form of Game Show Network. And then I was like, there goes my Saturday mornings. Forget about the Saturday morning cartoons. I'm watching game shows. And, um, and so it went on from there. And then when Survivor premiered, I didn't really watch until I think the sixth season, which was at the Survivor Amazon. That's when I got hooked on that. And then The Amazing Race came out. Loved The Amazing Race. The Mole is my absolute favorite. Love The Mole. And then didn't get into boot camp until further down the line when I watched it on the Fox reality uh, channel. Which was the but, Game Show Network for reality show fans. It, exactly. But they added a little bit more onto this particular series. When they aired boot camp, in between commercial breaks, they would actually interview the recruits and the, the drill instructors after the fact. They would like, what were you thinking when this happened? What, well, what happened during this? And it was really good to get all that insight. Um, so that's how I got into boot camp. And I, in my lifetime, I've only found one other fan of boot camp. And uh, his name is Ethan Muslin, and I'm sure that he's listening to this right now. I had him on my podcast earlier, and we talked briefly about boot camp. So I honestly don't know any other fan of uh, of, uh, of boot camp, and I'm sure I'm sure you're out there. And if you are out there, please write me. <laughs> That's it. Send it over. You can email him. Uh, send a tweet at Jordha J R D H A. I'll relay it over to Kyle. If you cool. are a fan <laughs> of boot camp, both basic training and the reality competition. And see, here's the thing. I know, you know, boot camp, it's a reality show. It's, you know, it's for TV, but I always take my hat off to anyone who has served, is serving or will serve in our in our military, our armed forces. I'm sure what we saw on boot camp was only a fraction of what they actually go through. So, all due respect to anyone who has served in the military and anyone who has actually gone through the real life boot camp. I appreciate everything that you do for us. Thank you. Now we can get through talking about boot camp in the <laughs> Fox. So this is Fox's attempt. This is Fox's first reality show. First reality competition show. I th didn't they have something before? Well, I mean, boot like they camp? had game shows, like, you know, like Married right. by America. Who wants to marry a multimillionaire? Yeah. This, this is a very Bo Bob Bowden centric episode. I think about it. <laughs> what a waste. To, who wants to marry a multimillionaire? That was a disaster afterwards. Wait till you... Jeez, imagine being in Thousand Oaks and Darva Conger one because she's from <laughs> Thousand Oaks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's where you're from as well? <laughs> so that was a I'm good sure, time. I'm sure that gained your town a little bit of notoriety. Yes, for the positive. <laughs> so we usually well, break the show up by game show and then anything else. So what is the game of boot camp? So boot camp, uh, if I can compare it to other reality shows, boot camp was a competition a reality competition show where you take 16 ordinary civilians and pluck them from their ordinary lives and throw them into basic military training. These are people who have no military affiliation whatsoever. They, I mean, they, I'm sure they knew what they were signing up for, but they signed up to, you know, compete in this game, but the format around it is military boot camp. So 16 civilian contestants on the show, they called them recruits 
where yeah, they yeah, the flavor of the eyes. This, this is a thing in reality competition. They're not contestants. They're house yes. guests, racers, uh, castaways. Yeah, yeah. Every every reality show has their own terminology for the contestants. In boot camp, they were called recruits, which is a actual an actual real life term that they use in the military. And they um, is this they considered trans- stealing valor? You think? No, I don't think so. Because if you're stealing, you know, someone else's, you know, termage, it has to be the same thing. With uh, with boot camp, it was it was unique. They call them recruits. On Survivor, it's castaways. On Amazing Race, it's uh, racers. So every Every reality show has their own terminology, and I love the ones that they use here in boot camp because it's not just made up. It's actual you know, terms that are used in real life. So you got the recruits, and then they were trained by four actual Marine Corps drill instructors. There was no designated host for boot camp. It was, if you want to call them hosts, it was, quote, hosted by these four actual drill instructors. Uh, and go throw their names in so that way we all know who they are right now <laughs> right so there were four of them there were three males and one female uh pr- probably the de facto leader of the drill instructors was drill instructor dave francisco who uh was at the time a marine corps sergeant major probably second in command was drill instructor tony rosenbaum who was my absolute favorite he was a marine corps chief warrant officer and then there was the one that everyone loves to hate, drill instructor Leo McSweeney. He was a former U.S. Marine Corps sergeant. He's Bostonian, and he, his voice is a little raspy sometimes when Hello. he screams. Hello. Eyeballs! <laughs> and then uh, the fourth one, the only female drill instructor, was Annette Taylor, a Marine Corps gunnery sergeant. So those are the four drill instructors, and the recruits had to endure boot camp with these four people yelling in their faces, getting in their faces, spitting in their faces, and in, yeah. enjoying the luxuries of military boot camp all in the competition to win $500,000. Oh, it happens. Yeah, so, so the, originally, I think they were told they were going to be on this different game show. Yeah, and that's what um, one of the contestants, his name was uh, Sean Yaney. They called him Recruit Yaney. That's what he, he said at, in an after show that I watched. He heard of this reality show and he signed up for it because it was advertised as a reality show for clowns. Recruit Yaney uh, was billed as a, quote, balloon sculptor. Now, I'm not sure if that, you know, is a fancy name for a clown in real life, but he thought that, oh, wow, a reality show for clowns. All I need to do is, you know, wear a, a red nose, honk a horn. I won. I got this thing won. And it turned out to be boot camp. And then, you know, he's thrown in here and he had no idea what to do. Yes, and it follows all the procedures, so they're no longer wearing their darbs, they're wearing camo, they have to yep. get the buzz cuts, they have to they, uh, get the push-ups, all of the, the, the things that are typical with, with the introduction series of, of a boot camp. I didn't think uh, they even did, had to go uh, yeah. through like the sterilization process with the... With, and, like It was just like a bizarre... The first episode is like the craziest thing I've ever seen in a reality show. And I don't think any game shows, at least in terms of reality competition, has ever tried to... Can ever replicate the... the Which is, I guess is the intent. Because you're supposed to yeah. just shock and awe every one of and, these contestants. And that's exactly what they, what they did in real life. You know, when recruits are brought to, you know, Paris Island or uh, San Diego uh, Recruit Depot... They're sitting on the bus, just like they did in the first episode of Boot Camp. They're sitting on the bus. You know, they're all relaxing, whatever. All of a sudden, a drill instructor gets on the bus and he goes, sit down right now. Get your eyeballs on me. Get your eyeballs on me. That's that's actually how it is. 
uh, I've never been through military training myself, but I've watched videos of recruits being processed at, at Marine Corps boot camps and or uh, recruit depots. And that's actually what they do. They get in your face. They, okay, they try to take you from your reality that you're, that you're used to and, you know, put you in, into this training. They, they don't, they, they don't ease you into this, into this training by God. They shock you into this training because they want to get in your face. They want to let you know that, okay, you are no longer a civilian. You are in the military now, and we need to let you know what you're getting yourself into. So, and that's what they did for this for this show. In the, in the first episode, because this is where it was, it was the introduction process. It's like, let's get to know these people, what's in their bags, because even though it's the only time they're ever going to see what's in the bag. So it's like, yep. father, it's like there's here's the couple photos. Kiss your husband. <laughs> say bye-bye. Hi, I'm your new pal. <laughs> The balloon sculptor created a dog, and then the drone sculptor bit the dog. <laughs> so dramatic. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna make a poodle, and so he makes a poodle out of a balloon. He's like, that's a poodle. What happened to his freaking tail? You know what I think of this balloon? Takes a bite and says, "Get out of my face! Get out of my face!" <laughs> and it's like it almost yeah, becomes that part they don't like do in real comedy life. at this point. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they don't do things like that in real life. In real life, they'll go through your their your bags and take out what you don't need. But the part that they did for this show is to going through all the quote unquote contraband. It's purely for entertainment. It's purely for laughs. And you know, I can understand why they would do things like that. It, it feels like the presentation is they were trying to go for like I said, I said this before the record. It seems like they were going for full metal jacket. In terms of the, the directions, yeah. but they kind of missed like the ending part of the movie. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but the thing I love about boot camp is like all other reality shows, they have a very clear format. Boot camps was very, very structured, not only with the military terms, but all of the the military themes and and motifs. Of course, we we mentioned earlier the contestants were called recruits. The challenges they faced were called missions. Uh, survivor has amnesty boot camp had or sorry survivor had immunity boot camp had amnesty and their elimination term which we'll get into later was dismissed or discharged and these both play a, a role because it's it's one thing to be dismissed it's one to be discharged they play a right. whole different part in the end part of the game right would you want to get into that right now or are we saving that oh for we later? can go straight into it so so you okay, want to go cool. you use the terminology and then we'll go into the in later terms <laughs> okay uh, so just like at any other reality competition show, at the end of each episode, someone has to go. Someone gets eliminated. So what they did is they brought all the recruits to Dismissal Hill. It was this big hill in the middle of this military compound. Their tribal council. Their, their tribal council, their you know pit stop, as it were, their execution. Their row ceremony. And their row ceremony. God, so, so, many diff- so many different elimination ceremonies. So they all they stand on the hill. They all vote someone out, and whoever got the most votes was the recruit that was dismissed. Dismissed means out of the game forever. You're you're gone. Out, you're done. For. Out of the game. You're you're not in the running for the money anymore. But the twist was, whatever whoever the dismissed recruit was, they got to also eliminate someone else to take with them for any that reason. Recruit, not even some for, any, for, them. for like personal reasons. They had did they didn't have to like have helped in failing the mission or whatnot. They could have taken him for personal reasons, for reasons they, they thought through. And that recruit that was chosen was called Discharged. So in fact, in each episode, two contestants were eliminated. One dismissed, one discharged. 
and it so is the double elimination every episode. I'm I'm conf- before we get back into it. Is an amnesty uh, player were they able to be safe from a discharge? That depended on whether the the squad completed a mission. So in each episode, there was a mission to complete as a team, but one of the recruits was the squad leader. So it was their responsibility to direct their team on how to complete the mission and you know lead the team. If the squad successfully completed the mission, they were you know rewarded a reward, but also the squad leader. Uh, earned what was called amnesty, meaning that they could not get dismissed or discharged in that episode's dismissal hill. But if the squad failed the mission, the squad the squad leader was eligible to be dismissed or discharged. So essentially, it's a one-person uh, project manager on The Apprentice. Exactly. And they even had, um, starting in the second season of The Apprentice, they had their own immunity. They called it uh, an exemption. Um, which was also used on the mole, but if their squad or their, you know, their, what was it, um, their company, so to speak, their team successfully completed the task, the the project manager got an exemption and they couldn't be fired uh, from The Apprentice. So, so, it, so if we are confusing you, this is all because every, this was early 2000s and was mostly <laughs> what it was. It was flavored, the codings for contestants, challenges and elimination ceremonies yep you know the the structure is the same or the format is the same but each show had their own theme so when you're dismissed you pick someone to discharge the discharge person is technically out of the running for the half million but will return as basically like a jury member on survivor yep whoever got discharged uh returned in the final episode and they had a hand in voting on winner because at the end of the at the end of the season, there were two left, and they voted which one they deserve. They thought deserved the money. So when it gets to the final two, instead of a voting process, it's the first two seven points. Yes. So the final two recruits competed in a competition called Gauntlet, which I think is equivalent to what is called the Crucible in real life. I believe uh, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. If you are in boot camp for the Marine Corps, specifically at the end. You know, you, of course, there's no elimination process, but everyone goes through what's called the crucible. What the gauntlet was, they would take these two recruits and they would put them through uh, seven challenges, seven physical uh, and mental challenges. And each challenge, and I love the I love the cleverness of this. Each of those challenges were named after the dismissed recruits, not discharged, because so they're going to be playing not, a role not later. Not discharged. Exactly. So if so, uh, so for instance, because just assume, and I mean this is a big assumption. Imagine I suck horribly on boot camp. I was a contestant. <laughs> I got screamed at. I cried. Uh, all that stuff. <laughs> and then like episode two went by, and I was the only one that was successfully able to identify something on a map that was important in the challenge. I did one little good thing, and then I got discharged because everyone ganged up on me. Then there'll right, be a challenge right. like uh, Haas's ha- uh, uh, heart. Jorana is the, uh, the, 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 and in this challenge, you have to find the heart on the map. Yep. I actually have the list of events in front of me, if I could go over them real quick. Oh, go, uh, go right so, ahead. So there were seven events, and then the voting process took place later. But first, the two recruits competed in the gauntlet. The first event was called Lauder's Last Stand. One of the dismissed recruits was recruit Jack Lauder. What they had to do was stand at the position of attention for as long as they could, and the first 
uh, recruit to step off and get and give up uh, loses, and the other recruit gained Lauder's dog tags. So essentially, one point in the standing. The second event was part one of Coddington's Crossing, which was an obstacle course. Well, what they had to do is they had to run the obstacle course in however in the fastest time possible. But later in the in the gauntlet, they ran the obstacle obstacle course again, and they had to beat their previous time. And whoever beat their previous time by the most uh, won recruit Coddington's uh, dog tags. Because Coddington was famous in this one for actually always being a, a player that always got better than the last. It was like a personal best. Right, right. They had and like then, a little backstory, and they actually like put honor in like every contestant that they had in. Yeah, and actually, I don't know all of the all the back of the uh, the backstory to each event, but I think Lauder's Last Stand. I think that was evocative out how of how Jack Lauder was fifty years old, the oldest recruit in the show, and he endured boot camp. I think halfway through the show. Yeah, there were tough challenges. They're you know doing all the push-ups, all the extreme physical training, but he he staked it out. He 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 stand he stood it out and he endured. And so Lauder's last stand was uh, a competition of who can outlast who, who can endure the most. And then the third event was called Har's Heartbreak. After recruit Har, uh, recruit Becky Har, her biggest uh, thing on the show was running the 1.5 miles. Uh, Becky Har was this pig farmer, I think, from the Midwest, and she's you know she was sort of a heavy set woman, an older woman, and hadn't really done any sort of physical challenges before. So she ran the 1.5 miles, and she was the last recruit to cross the finish line. And so uh, for the gauntlet, the two recruits had to you know run the 1.5 miles, but they had to beat their time that they had set earlier in the show. And whoever beat their time by the most won Har's dog tags. Excuse me. And then the fourth event called Parks Peak. Um, I don't know the background on that one, but it was pretty much a rappelling uh, challenge. They rappelled down a tower, stopping at um, what do we call it? Stopping at a board, which had a uh, not a, tri- had a yeah, trivia quote. question. A famous it quote. A, oh, it was a quote. Exactly, it was a quote by a famous uh, you know, political figure or whatever, they had to memorize the quote and then write it word for word at the bottom of the tower. And there were three quotes. You know, One of them was JFK's, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So they had to memorize all these quotes and then write them word for word at the bottom of the tower. And whoever did it in the least amount of time won Park's uh, dog tags. The next challenge was Moretti's memory. Then that was uh, Moretti with an I. There were two recruits named Moretti, one of them with an I, one of them with a Y. Yeah, I think that was just, you know, serendipitous, but maybe they did that for comedic effect. Because then you hear Uh, drill instructors, Moretti with an I. (laughs) They had to make that distinction. Uh, Moretti's memory was a basic memory where they would show pictures on on a projector and they would show them for like five seconds and they would ask a question about that picture. You know, how many dryers were in this picture? What did the words on the sign say, et cetera. And whoever scored the most points won Moretti's dog tags. The was it fifth event, one, two, three, four, five. No, sorry. The sixth event was called Myers March. Uh, after recruit Mark Meyer, they had to march, not run or, you know, fast walk, but march, 
I think it was five miles, five, a five-mile march without stopping, and the one who marched in the fastest amount of time won Myers Dog Tags. The seventh event was Jackson's Hold after Recruit Jackson. They um, All they had to do was hold some dog tags in their in their hand. They had to hold it over a bath of blood, of blood, you know, blood co- uh, colored liquid. They had to hold it as their arm outstretched and hold the dog tags above the blood for as long as they could. And whoever's arm got, you know, the weakest and they would drop the dog tags, they lost and the other recruit would win Jackson's dog tags. So that was the physical part of, of the gauntlet. And then the last part of the gauntlet was the final vote on the final dismissal hill. So each of That's, these games play an important part. If you complete the challenge, you get the point, and that would give you a big bit of advantage when it comes to the jury. Right. So uh, briefly, there were two recruits, Recruit Wolf and Recruit Whitlow. Recruit Wolf won six out of the seven uh, physical challenges. So after the initial part of the gauntlet, Wolf had uh, six dog tags, and only Whitlow only had one going into the final dismissal hill. So at the final dismissal hill, there were seven votes at stake. And miraculously, all seven dis- discharged recruits pledged their votes to Whitlow effective and uh, effectively eliminating Recruit Wolf. He didn't get a single vote, and Recruit Whitlow ended up winning the half million dollars. So, so it goes to show, even if you won the games, it was it didn't mean anything. And the way they handled the elimination process was more intense than I would say, like a survivor, because they had ticking clocks, they had the military march, they had all, yep. The, but there was a bit of like uh, of of padding in the show. Uh, in the what form do you mean by padding? Of, of like when it comes to their speeches, when it comes to the elimination ceremony. Instead of just simply saying, here's the votes, one vote you, one vote you, one vote you. Oh, right. <laughs> it's and I th- <laughs> and I think I think why they did that was just for the sake of TV. Because, you know, once all the recruits voted for who they wanted to dismiss, drill instructor Rosenbaum, who was tasked with announcing who got dismissed, he would walk over to certain recruits and just say, you know, Recruit Park, why should you not be dismissed? And to me, it seemed unnecessary because uh, why would you ask this recruit why, why they shouldn't be dismissed after the fact? It's like it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change, you know, however many however many votes you got. It's purely just for entertainment, just to hear why they didn't want to be dismissed. So he would do that like five or six times, and then finally at the end of the segment, he would say, "Okay, you are dismissed." And then that dismissed recruit discharged another one. It, it was it was very fascinating the way they did the voting process of you pick someone out and t- so it's basically like I'm taking you with me. It's basically that's the the appeal of, of the elimination process of of boot camp. Is right. The, if and I'm going no down, other reality show you. had that. No other reality show like even Survivor it was voting out, but you didn't have the chance to take someone with you. So that's what kind of set. Uh, boot camps elimination uh, boot camps elimination process apart from other reality shows the winner gets half a million dollars uh the runner-up gets a hundred thousand dollars and we were talking like is that really worth (laughs) and you know what in my opinion for someone to go for someone to go through what is boot camp all the physical and mental challenges that they went through i honestly think they should have had the prize at 
$1 million, just like every other reality show. Because you think about Survivor, all you're doing is sitting on an island with barely any food, strategizing with other players and forming alliances and you know doing the physical challenges, but their prize is a million dollars. Boot camp was like a hundred times more tough. You're in a real military-esque boot camp. You're doing you're doing everything that boot camp is, and you're competing for only half a million dollars. I think it could have been a million dollars. And it kind of is also weird uh, to explain because military training is typically about cooperation and leadership. It's supposed to be you right. Know, you're, you're you're not individual. You're a team. This is a team game. Right. But the whole purpose of the 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 elimination process is an individual one. Right. So it's so it's and, very weird. I mean, and and that's that was uh, that was the premise. So in in each episode, there was a um, there was a mission to complete, and I love the title of these missions. Uh, episode one was called Operation Zoe, which stood for Zodiac Obstacle Expedition. They had to transport this huge uh, boat, this huge inflatable boat called a Zodiac, through uh, you know through the the, the forest and, and over a river. Uh, wherever they fil- there, wherever they filmed boot camp, they had four hours to do it. The squad leader was Recruit Wolf. They successfully completed the mission, and so Recruit Wolf received amnesty, and he couldn't be he couldn't be voted out. Episode two, the mission was called Operation Mess: Military Extraction of Secret Serum. This was my absolute favorite mission because what they did was they gave them the scenario of the squad being fatally poisoned. And what they had to do is they had to work together to find a, a secret serum, which was like a bottle of, uh, of, of serum, and then in another location uh, find a packet of tablets. Those two, um, the serum and the tablets, had to combine in order to create the antidote to, um, so that the squad c- could uh, consume it and so they wouldn't die, you know, quote-unquote die. Episode three, the mission was Operation Moth, M-O-T-H, which... Was sounded really like a cop out. It was a really lazy acronym. It stood for "Move everything over the hill." Oh, but if they, so what's, but if what they, did you do in that one? Well, they moved everything over the hill. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? But it's like if they had you know put every letter uh, of the premise of the mission in the acronym, it would have been Moeth, Moth. M E O T H, but yeah, moving move everything over the hill. Uh, the squad leader was recruiting Moretti with an I. They completed the mission successfully, and he got amnesty and didn't get voted out. Uh, episode four, their mission was Operation Rad, which stood for Repel and Destroy. All they needed to do was you know repel off a tower, set charges to uh, another tower that was just made out of like. Uh, wood and plastic or whatever and set the set the charge off and destroy it the squad leader was recruit yaney now we mentioned recruit yaney earlier as drill instructor francisco put it in one of the interviews in every squad or every group of you know people or friends there's always a gomer pile there's always a guy who is you know kind of set apart from the other the other people he's sort of like you know dim-witted not really keeping up with everyone sort of the comic relief and he said, "Recruit Yanny is the one. There's only, there's always one in every group in every squad. And he was, he was the Gomer Pyle. But what Francisco liked about him was that he had heart. And so he was a squad leader in that mission. And he, he didn't get voted out. Now imagine, episode, if you will, this is the drill instructor saying that. 
Yeah. So, you know, for them to say that, it's like, oh, my God, these people actually do have hearts. They actually do care. Um, So then episode five, the mission was Operation Rebel, which stood for recon and evasion behind enemy lines, which I think was one of the best acronyms that they they came up with. Uh, Squad leader was Recruit Jackson. They failed the mission, and so he was eligible to be dismissed or discharged in that episode, and he didn't get either. Episode 6, Mission Operation Hell, which stood for Hostage Evacuation Through the Laser Labyrinth. This was probably the coolest of the missions. They created um, what you would essentially see in you know spy movies where there's a room filled with lasers. And if you broke one of the lasers, an alarm would go off. And so they created this elaborate you know, laser labyrinth for this mission. And they had to like, you know, duck under the lasers, uh, crawl under the lasers, or step over them while they c- completed this mission. The squad leader was recruit Moretti with a Y. They successfully completed the mission, and she didn't get uh, dismissed or discharged. Which and the she final goes to the, f- the finale. She went to the final four. Yeah. And so episode seven, which was the final four, their mission was Operation Hero, hostile environment recon operation. The squad leader was uh, recruit Whitlow. They successfully completed the mission, and so she automatically earned a spot in the gauntlet. And the dismissed recruit ended up being Moretti with an I. He dismissed his female counterpart, recruit Moretti with a Y, and then the final two ended up being Wolf and Whitlow. And then they competed in the gauntlet. Moretti and Moretti. So Uh, recruits Moretti and Moretti. Get off my hill. Get, that's uh, that's, catch that's the, you have, uh, you've been voted off the island. The tribe has spoken. That is the. You are dismissed. And then at the, yeah, at the end, get off my hill. Drill instructors, get them off my hill. Um, and, oh. and, and then they, of course, like march with them off the hill. And then, yeah. dr- and then helicopter <laughs> shot of the hill. Stay tuned for what, from the next episode. I think what, I think what have been, what would have been over the top is if they had waiting for them, they would, Walk onto the helicopter, and the hel- helicopter would take off. Oh, and like it's let me apprentice Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> we are making a much better boot camp show now. But it's like if they did that, I think that's the part where they would have jumped the shark. I mean, yeah, military they use helicopters, but I think that would have been a little too much. They evacuate. Just call it an mission. You have been evacuated. <laughs> you've been evacuated. You've been you've been evacuated. Yeah, that would have been a, a great other other term. The only other catchphrase people might have remembered from the show was uh Oh man. was the famous quote, Ma- "Save your drama for your mama and push." That when I first looked up the show long before I watched it, the first thing that I saw on the page was that quote, save the drama for your mama and push. And at first I thought it was referring to recruiting a recruit, pushing something up the hill or something. When I actually watched the show, it was their term for pushups. When they said push, they mean get down and you know drop and give me 50. So when I finally saw the episode in which they said that, my favorite drill instructor, uh, Rosenbaum, was yelling at, at Recruit Yaney saying, Hey, Yaney, save the drama for your mama and push. And once I heard that in the intro of, of, of each episode, I was sold. I was hooked. One, probably the greatest line I ever heard in television. It's so fun. And the, the thing is, it's <laughs> like one of those, this is early stages reality. And it's a nice time capsule of, of, of a show. And then you're like, this one season wonder. 
And then sure yeah. enough, there was a spinoff series because, you know, 2001, <laughs> there's been already a celebrity mole in the works. We can beat them on their own game as well. Yeah. And so and I'm sure the producers saw, you know, what the ratings were after the one and only season that they had of the show of boot camp. They decided, all right, the ratings are not going anywhere. Let's just do a celebrity edition and get out of it and just be done with it. So in comes a two-hour, one-episode special called Celebrity Boot Camp, which it's like any other reality, a celebrity reality show where they take D-list celebrities and have them compete in you know the, the, the same elements of, of the regular show. However, in my opinion... The D-list celebrities that they used for boot camp, or at least some of them, I'm sure were added purely for comedic effect because the, some of these celebrities were just bottom of the barrel. That's very um, insulting to David Faustino. <laughs> oh, to David! Oh, come on, to David Faustino. To me, that's bottom of the barrel. He was probably actually no. I take that back. He was not bottom of the barrel. Cato Kalin. Oh yeah, yes, was the bottom of the barrel. Uh, they had. I'm trying to remember. Like I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to not look at Celebrity Bootcamp profile and remember as many people as I can. There was Coolio. There Coolio, was Coolio. He, had, he had the mustache, and he won. Coolio won. He, he ended up winning. Uh, the runner-up was Tracy Bingham, who starred in Baywatch. Uh, 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 Nikki Zeering. Kato Kalin. Kato Kato Kalin, O.J. Simpson's famous house guest, and that's all that he's famous for. Oh, oh, geez. Lorenzo Lamas. Lorenzo Renegade Lamas. Okay, what a pretty I'm gonna, boy. I'm going to take this look. <laughs> okay, I'm looking right now at the IMDb. Tracy Bingham. Okay, Coolio. Bingham. David Faustino as himself. David Faustino from Married with Children. Dave Francisco as drill instructor. Yep. Cato Kalin as nobody. They don't even give him a role. <laughs> Lorenzo like Lamas. actually had roles in this. Lorenzo Lamas. McSweeney's back. Rosenbaum's back. Uh, and oh. here's, the thing. here's the thing about McSweeney. McSweeney was actually not one of the drill instructors. One of the missions that the recruits had to compete was they turned them into POWs, prisoners of war. And McSweeney was uh, stepped into the tent that they were in as prisoners, and he just like yelled at, you know, just you know, intimidated them, you know, taunted them. So he wasn't an actual drill instructor; he was like you know one of part of one of the missions. So uh, Fabrice Morvan as himself. Fabrice Morvan, one half of the. Duo. I'm not going to say singing duo because they lip synced of uh, Millie Vanilli. Okay. That's what he was famous for. Tiffany I actually saw a clip of him. Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany from the 1980s. Uh, I think we're alone I think now. We're alone now. Dave Francisco says we're not. Uh, vitamin C. Vitamin C. Graduation. Friends forever. Another. Which at the uh, time was a it, hit of 2001. So it's like you yeah. really undersold yourself. Vitamin C. And, and here's the thing: they didn't call her by her real name, which think colleen haskell they called her recruit vitamin c <laughs> i just want to keep hearing this recruit vitamin c push uh barry williams from the brady bunch because of course yeah and he isn't like any sort of you know washed up reality show he was in one of the seasons of surreal life that's pretty much where we're going we're looking at surreal life level caliber yeah <laughs> this is a i would have i would have <laughs> I would have paid to see Flavor Flav in Celebrity Boot Camp. Season two of Celebrity Boot Camp. Flavor Flav, he would have been—he would have been the first to be dismissed. <laughs> yeah, boy. And, um, <laughs> and then there was there was one more. There was one more recruit. Who was it? Uh, the, uh, the, the oh, Nikki Zeering. 
Nikki Ziering from uh, Price is Right fame, and then apparently she was in Austin Powers and Goldmember. Austin Powers, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. yeah yes. Sha- shaggies. Shagadelics. <laughs> As Austin Powers used to say, I love gold. Uh, that wasn't Austin Powers. That was Goldmember. Oh, yeah. Goldmember. And he's like, mini me. <laughs> shag, shag. The, tri- the only trivia on the IMDb page for Celebrity Boot Camp, unlike the contestants in Boot Camp, in which it was spawned, the celebrity participants were not required to receive military-style haircuts. Is that the trivia that's on that's the IMDb? One piece of trivia. <laughs> that's probably the one o- only interesting thing. Because the only one who did it was David Faustino. Yeah, he was the one. He, I guess he wanted to. Um, he wanted to step up and he wanted to impr- impress the drill instructors. But he wasn't the only one who got something shaved off. They wanted to shave Coolio's hair, but he's like anything but that. And they ended up shaving his mustache off, his trademark mustache. And he hated it. Apparently, apparently in his neighborhood, if you don't have a mustache, uh, it's called booty face. So he got and booty if you have, face. He got he got booty faced and you know, with a mustache with with the big lips that he had, and he's like, This ain't cool. This ain't cool. So now uh before we get to like any other terms of rehash or whatever. Uh, the people behind Boot Camp, because this is the theory I was looking into, because you got to go like, what's their production background? What have they worked on? Maybe right. this will help. Oh, no. Is it ridiculous? Okay, so Eric Schultz, S-E-H-O-T-Z, because it was Element O Production in Granada. Oh, I heard of that. I heard of that company. Element O, I believe, also did Hollywood Squares. Oh, really? The reboot with Bergeron? Yes, that one. The first one with Whoopi, not the H2. Okay. The, so the H. So the H Eric's squared. resume includes the Krypton Factor t- of the year 2000. Oh wow! The CBS hit show Fire Me Please and the TLC The Little Couple. Show uh, Bill, what are shows I've never heard of? Bill Politano, <laughs> uh, Went Tuition for Game Show Network. Oh my gosh! Also Fire Me Please. Huh? And then he did for True TV Bait Car. Oh my god! He I was behind met- Bait Car. I met someone who actually worked on that show and apparently, you know, the 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 premise of bait car is they would, you know, rig a car with cameras and leave it unlocked and if a thief came up and stole it, they could quickly bust them. The guy I met was one of the sound engineers and he told me that yeah, that's the premise, but they would rig this car, they would, you know, uh stake the car out in a van off to the side, but they waited for hours as much as like 26 hours just waiting for someone to steal this car and you know at one point they're like oh my god i just want to go home they waited a long time for each for each car to get stolen all right so you've never seen fire me please is that like the opposite of apprentice it where they would want to get fired it was supposed to be a <laughs> prank show where you get two people on their first day at the job and the idea is supposed to be who's the first to get fired Oh my God! So really? they would just like knock over cups. They would be raped. <laughs> the thing was, though, the owner and the manager were in on it. It really was just who was the shift supervisor <laughs> that wasn't. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, and then Scott Messick is the one that I would say is the I would say is the voice of boot camp in this one. Yeah, I've heard of him because he was the super because he was supervising producer for Survivor first season. Oh wow! That and then he jumped the ship to boot camp. And That's probably where they got all the elements. sorts, all sorts of reality shows. What others did he work on? Pros versus Joes for Spike. Oh wow, I remember that one. Chase for 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 Sci Fi Channel. Chow Dollar Signee. Mm. Uh, Shaq versus on ABC. 
The Top Gear USA, uh, Destroy Build Destroy for Cartoon Network, and the Great Food Truck Race, which is going on right now. Oh, I love the Great Food Truck Race. That's probably one of his most successful. So it's so he definitely has the mind of reality and storytelling, which I think uh, I'm pretty sure if, if Scott did not show up on this, this, this would have been a complete mess of a show. I think that would have. I don't think it probably would have made it to air, they, even if you know there was only one season. Yeah, Scott Messing, he's good. So so there is a few, there's a few things we can talk about because we because I mean we could immediately talk about should this show be rebooted? If so, how? But yeah. but after watching a bit of boot camp, it got me thinking about another recent Fox military based reality competition show, mm-hmm. American Grit. Now I only heard of American Grit just recently, and I I know it's hosted by John Cena. Yes, uh, he's invisible. The entire show did you can't see. Did it sort of have have the same uh, the same premises? So it is. It's now imagine the thrill instructors. They're all, but thing is now they're all from all branches. So one's a Navy, oh. one's an Army, one's a Marine, one's a Navy SEAL. Or I believe it was, uh, I believe this one was a, I think it was a Marine. I think it was another Marine. Uh-huh. So it was, in each of these people, there's four, and it's one person is a captain, and they have to pick of the 16 people uh, who's on their team. Mm-hmm. So it's four teams of four. Okay. And then it becomes a carrot and stick approach where the, there's different military-based games, their training exercises, right. with one team getting safety, and then the rest end up in a gauntlet where they have to basically do a, like a endurance competition, essentially an endurance Interesting. comp. And whoever fails in the endurance comp is eliminated, and they got to ring a bell, and that's it. Huh. Uh, Interesting. But the thing was, what they didn't tell the people was if the if the entire team is out, like all four members, then the drill instructor has to ring themselves out and they're also eliminated. Oh, wow. So it becomes now a game about like courage and at heart and what does it right. mean? And hey, it, and you know what? That actually reminds me. Uh, so yeah, there's American Grit that you just, that you just described. And now I'm calling this other show Celebrity American Grit. Ever heard of Stars Earn Stripes? Oh, geez, on NBC. <laughs> oh, no. A couple of people that I actually work with actually worked on, on the Stars Earn Stripes. What you just described, it sounds exactly what uh, Stars Earn Stripes was, but replaced the contestants with, again, D-list celebrities. And I'm talking like Dean Kane. And I actually can't remember. I can't remember anyone else. But the drill instructors were again people from real life military branches. Um, they were like um, Nick Lachey. Navy. Nick Lachey was one of them. Yep. Oh yep. no, Terry Crews. He's on the. He's on the peak of his career now. He's on the. <laughs> yeah, peak. He is. He's on the peak. He's growing. Yeah, he's now. He's now. He's hosting America's Got Talent. He hosted a. Who wants to be a millionaire for you know a hot second? Um, but yeah, the drill instructors or the you know the instructors of the celebrities they were they were Green Berets, they were Army Rangers, there were um, you know Submariners. So, so, so the fun thing is, uh, Chris Kyle, who was on that chef, uh, Dean Kane, he was one yep. of the people on American Grit. Oh, wow! There's the connection. Nice. <laughs> there is. So so there Chris is, Kyle uh, wasn't he the subject of uh, American Sniper? Yes. Or am I thinking? Yes, he was. Wow. So they kept. Uh, so it was kind of one of those weird things where it's like everything to one another in their show. Um, yep. But one was with like one was a paired show. This was like a group of four, and then I believe the prize on that was a quarter million dollars. Oh wow! Now unlike a uh, uh, boot camp, they had possession. They were able to keep some stuff. They uh, the only they time didn't there was do a the haircut was in the comp. 
because it was about sacrifice and it was supposed to be a dare ch- challenge. Oh wow! That was, huh. So it was like the final one was shave your head, and they didn't—they didn't know it, but a girl was the last one, and she had to be the one to do it for the. Oh no! Yeah. Well, did they shave everything off? Yeah, and then, but the thing was, she was like, "Is the hair getting donated?" And then they had a oh, whole good. two segments for here's this hair donation place we're giving it to, and here's a little girl hug oh. hug, and then the the captain of it was giving her a big hug. It was a nice feel good moment. That's awesome. Yeah, well, at least so something good came out of like it. It's like a watered-down boot camp, not as strenuous, <laughs> difficult, uh, and, and it appeals no emotionally. Process. It really was just like a like a solitary. If you fail, you're out. <laughs> so, like the same sort of uh, elimination process as the Amazing Race. You know, there's no voting out. There's no opinion. It's not opinion based. It's based on how you do. Yes, although it is uh, the captains of these teams do pick who goes into the elimination cha- challenges. I see. Okay. Uh, so there you go. There's the boardroom from, from The Apprentice. You choose who goes in and one. Yes. And, and, and so they're, it, basically it's kind of like the voice. They are the captains. They're the, 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 the leaders and they're trying to help you out. And then everyone else just has to keep up. Right. Is that still airing, American Grit? American Grit was Fox last year, I believe. Because if it's still airing, I'd like to, I'd like to take a look season, at that. It looks like. Oh, it's probably not coming back if it's been that long. I mean, Home Free has been that long, too. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we, can, we can go through all these other reality shows from Fox. Uh, hey, remember God, Joe Millionaire? Joe Millionaire, I think they had uh, For Love or Money. No, For Love or Money was or NBC. That, that was NBC, yeah. Joe Millionaire. Again, uh, so there Joe was Millionaire. Average Joe as well at the same time. In- oh, my God. They were doubling down on the dating. Yeah. Uh, all those no, da- they did Paradise all Hotel. All dating. They were to Paradise Hotel. Yeah, Paradise Hotel. Did they also do Temptation Island? Yes, yes. And now, now it's on USA Island. Network. Still hosted by Mark L. Wahlberg. Which is which is great. I love Mark. I would love to meet him one day. I think Mark, he's a great Mark, please, great first, first, come to our show. And then second, please go to <laughs> Kyle's show. <laughs> oh, I would love to have him on my show. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, it was Rourke, uh, Noah Galloway, Tawana Hamble, Nick Irving. That was season one. Season two... Uh, was Chloe, Burke, Grady, and Ricky. Uh, John Burke, who is a drill sergeant uh, serving mm-hmm. in Iraq and Afghanistan. Ricky Long, a U.S. Marine, uh, who is also a personal uh, uh, nutritionist and weightlifter. Chloe, who is a Marine ammunition technician uh, who works mm-hmm. to raise money for Veterans Affairs. And Grady Powell, a Green Beret. Gr- Grady nice. was on Stars and Stripes. He was oh, paired okay. with Eve Torres from the WWE. So another <laughs> WWE <laughs> connection. Man, full circle with all of these. Uh, hosted by John Cena, the invisible host. Oh, he's not seen on camera? Oh, well, no, it's John Cena. You can't see him. I'm what did you mean, sorry? What did you mean right by invisible host? What did you mean by invisible host? Oh, because uh, John... Not to explain a joke. Uh, so John Cena's, like, trademark in the WWE is he wave his hand over his face and go, you can't see me. Oh, and then is that what it's referring to? Everyone has he's invisible. <laughs> okay, I get it. Because <laughs> I, I knew that trademark, but I thought when you said an invisible host, I thought that you meant that... The entire time he's hosting, he's like in front of a green screen or something. He's not really actually oh, no, seen he's on there. set. And, and, and also, they, what they do is, in the first season, he would give like encouraging words to all the contestants. Like, keep going. Oh, wow. Why You're a home mom. That's a, that's a strenuous occupation. We all believe in you. Right. Huh. And in season two, uh, they switched it. So now it's the captains doing the inspirational messages. And I thought that was a nice oh, wow. little twist. Yeah. Give it, give it a, little, uh, little, a little appeal to set it apart. And then everyone's encouraged. It's fair. One was like cold. One was in like a, almost like a camp like area. There was two. It's a bit unlike boot camp. There was two seasons. Yeah. 
and who knows if it's going to come back. But there you go. It, it uh, already did better than boot camp. So now we can talk reboot. If this show could be rebooted, if this show could be revived, <sighs> or should it? I I don't think so because you look at shows like American Grit and Stars Are in Stripes. They you know not directly, but they obviously followed in the footsteps of Boot Camp. If they were to reboot that, no pun intended. If R. they were to boot reboot camp. R E Boot Camp, Boot Camp. Um, I think it would be the same, and I'm not sure if the appeal would be there. I think they would be better off airing uh, maybe like a documentary series of the real-life boot camp rather oh, than bringing back yeah, the reality like, show. There's a huge show on, on in Channel 4 in the UK called uh, Who Dares Wins SAS. And it oh, really, really is just like, here's Military Hell Week, and here's... And it really was just, here's common people going through military procedures. And it was a pretty interesting documentary. And I think that's on their fifth series Wait, now. Who's, who Dares Wins? Is that related to the actual uh, Australian game show, Who Dares Wins? No, Who Dares Wins is the, the phrase Who Dares Wins is actually a, is a, is a term used in the British Special Air Service. Uh, okay. And that became the game show. They took that from the military. Oh, wow. It's the reverse. Yeah, I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, because I've heard of the the, uh, the Australian game show uh, hosted by Mike Whitney. That's what I was introduced to Who Dares Wins, but I thought this this had to do with it. But no, it's completely different. No, and, and that show is basically like, I bet you will. Like, hey, we'll give yep. you $500 if you do a bungee jump. Yeah, that, that that's how exactly it was. You know, back in 2000, uh, Game Show Network acquired the rights to that, and that's how I was introduced to Who Dares Wins. Were you interested in DJ games, too? <laughs> DJ Games? Oh, that's a good that's a good obscure reference of a Game Show Network series. So there was DJ Games. It was basically just here we're in like disc jockey places all across the country. Oh no. And we're just gonna do those call and win shows and, and games played inside the studio. That that was a show on GSN? That was, that was a show on GSN. Oh my god. And that, it, seems, and that seems and, like and, a and the theme song was just simply just like a, a, a like a wave voice going, DJ Games <laughs> That was it. <laughs> Uh, and then there's throat and neck, throat and neck. <laughs> never heard of that one. Okay, so this yeah. was like supposed to be a video game. So people would call in, and one would play his throat, the other would play his neck, and they would basically oh. use their phone as like a controller. Where like two is the up button, and and eight's the down <laughs> button. That is obscure. Oh yeah, I, I I can go real hardcore. Extreme Gong. Extreme Gong, I remember. I also remember. Uh, Kenny versus Spenny. That, that was well. First of all, that was a, a showcase original. That was a Canadian broadcast, and then it. Oh really? Oh, they just re-aired it on GSN. And then they brought it to Comedy Central. The last season with Trey Stone, uh, with Trey and Nat from South Park. Oh, okay. And then they ended huh. after that one season. I thought that it was a GSN original, Kenny versus Spenny. Oh, thankfully no, it was Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> this thankfully, was at the time when they no. were focused on foreign formats. And you're thinking, well, yeah. then you could do like British. Okay, so you're doing British formats. Uh, you can do Countdown. You can do Australian Sale of the Century. You could. Which I heard they were trying to bring Countdown to the U.S., but I heard, um, I think from our mutual friend Travis, that they tried, but they were unable to sell the pilot. I would love to see a U.S. Countdown. I have seen the American 90s pilot for Countdown. Who it, was the host? Oh, you remember? Geez, I'm trying to throw, I'm drawing a blank right now because it was just a pilot. And mm-hmm. it was basically kind of like uh, Think Caesar's Challenge. Remember Caesar's oh, Challenge? Oh, okay. Because it was right down to here's the, the television with the blue background and the white box. Mm-hmm. Like right down huh. to a T and the red lights. Oh, it was. 
hi, we're going into all the game shows. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Because uh, because we basically uh, just like, no, this show should not be rebooted. I think if it was, <laughs> it would be like you would have to truncate it a bit. I feel like like a yeah. tw- like I what I wrote down is twelve people, and they would have to willingly be a, a contestant on boot camp. Yeah, they would have to know what they were going through, and yeah, water it down a little bit, and then have it be five. So it's five weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's like six. So maybe like tw- like twelve episodes, like twelve days directly. And and even then, I don't think it would last because oh, yeah, yeah you're you're getting a shorter series, uh, kind of like how uh, the mole did, where they whittled it down from uh, fourteen people to seven celebrities. The ratings didn't do well, and it lasted two more seasons. But if you're going to water down something like boot camp. Uh, in my honest opinion, I don't think it would last if they rebooted it. So, so we'll go saying no. And plus, then you can think of like, okay, so is this like a good way of tributing to military? Like, is this? Did it really stay true? Did it stay true to it? And then, like, also, if like you are in the military, is this accurate enough, or is this right? And then, if you're now... anti-military, is this like giant propaganda to join the Marine Corps? <laughs> Like a big, big advertising. Hey, these people can, you know, are on TV. You can do this too. We want you. Yvonne Itney Osh and all that. Right. Um, uh, so, so I guess the conclusion of Boot Camp is no, but it's still a fun show to watch to see how it was uh, in right. terms of early age. They did bring back The Mole in 2008 with 10. They did. And I watched it. It was fine. It didn't. Uh, it was sort of it was canon uh, what in uh, in regards to the other four seasons. But after the first episode, when they did the execution differently, instead of typing someone's name into a into a laptop computer, it was just a touch screen. That's where my interest started going down because it didn't stay completely true to the to the original series. See, if it was me. If it was me, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to sneak anything into the mole episode into this one, but if it was me, I think we still need to change the eviction ceremony, but I think at the elimination ceremony, but I think what it should be is it should be a thumbprint scanner and the person should stand oh there, my God. thumbprint. That is brilliant. Because now the tech is there, green, red. Yeah. And then they're standing there and they're scared shitless because if this turns red, <laughs> I'm out. That is absolutely brilliant. And the logo itself is already a thumbprint. And it would have been even greater if with every season of, of the mole here from there on out, the logo would always change. And the the the, the thumbprint of the actual mole That's would what be the I was logo. thinking when I first saw it. Like, okay, that's the mole's thumbprint. <laughs> Who's a swirl? They just, Who they, do we know? They, th- they put it as the logo. That's the thumbprint of the mole of that season. Oh, yeah. Oh, that and then great. Oh yeah, well, now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna first do the five questions, do the the plugs, and then I guess we'll talk <laughs> a second about how we could reboot the mole. Cause hey, Stone Productions, yeah. we know you you could probably get it back, right? I mean, and it's it's already been ten years. I'm sure they've shopped. I would love to see the mole come back, but it's probably not going to happen. It would probably be a CW show if it back. Yeah, <laughs> or they would put they or Nickelodeon would pick it up and they make a kids version of it. They're doing the Crystal Maze as a kid's version. So Which I, I can't this wait for. I cannot wait for the Nickelodeon Crystal Maze. If, hey, folks, if you need a Maze Master, I'm just going to say I'm available. I'm a certified I'm available, master. too. Me, too. You know, I can, I can do it, too. I mean, I'm not trying to <laughs> argue me and Kyle for the gig, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they already have one. I, it's probably going to be Richard Iowati. 
Yeah, good, Richard. Um, so uh, we have five final questions here. Okay. It's a lightning round. So 60 seconds answer all five. For every correct answer you get, you will get one free plug. That's a grand prize of five Ooh. plugs if you play it cards right. It's like the trivia tavern. <laughs> but Well, there you go. There, there's my first plug. You already did my first plug for me. <laughs> then I guess you only have to get four right. <laughs> all right. All right, let's do this. 60 seconds on the clock. Besides boot camp, name your favorite game show from Fox. Game show from Fox. Greed. Do you think the fictional reality show these contestants appear on was called? What do you think was the name of that? Sorry, uh, say that again. What do you think was the fictional reality show the contestants that wanted to appear on was called for boot camp? Um, um, Clown Island. What would your personal gauntlet challenge be? Oh, man. Um, uh, Kyle's Kill Shot. <laughs> Perfect. It's a skill, skill game. Favorite quiz show no longer on the air? The Chase, the U.S. Chase. Would you rather see a reboot of Boot Camp or a third season of American Grit? I haven't seen American Grit yet, so I would want to see a, uh, another, a third season of Grit. Done. Five. Five for five. Woo! <laughs> Although like... I'm, I'm kind of worried about a game called Kyle's Kill Shot, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that was, a, I was like, what, okay, what other, what other words that are military S that begin with K? Oh, they, you know, there's kill so okay kill shot <laughs> wouldn't it I'm be sure something I... like sarah's like snowman or snowman in under in under 60 seconds sure <laughs> well you know what i could I, what it probably would be and a reference to a celebrity boot camp one of the final uh gauntlet missions was called faustino's face-off and they had to you know shoot targets with a paintball gun there you go kyle's kill shot Done. Done. You did. We were hashing it. It works. <laughs> I, I don't know which one of the mine would be. The I'm probably the slide projector one because I guess that was one. Oh, uh, all you all you need to do is like hit uh, hit slide and just memorize things. Um, or, uh, so Moretti's memory. So yours would be what? It'd be like Jordan's. Uh, Hossid, Jor- be Hoss's heartbreak or Hoss's <laughs> hither hither hithering hither, uh, or um, J- Jordan's jump start i don't know jordan jump scares it's a haunted house challenge you're going into a haunted house he hates spooky, sur- so you have to do it for him who who can survive the for the longest wins judge jo- or jordan's joke joke book he always a practical joker so here's like the wall challenge but now with funny jokes i guess or if you you do stand up for two minutes and if you get the audience to laugh the most you win Yes, on boot camp. <laughs> on boot camp. <laughs> there's still camo. There, there, there's your entertainment right there. If anything, this is a much better show. I like the whole Hell issue. Yeah. Bring, if anything, do this, but not in a boot camp theme. I would watch. Yeah, I'd watch that. Because now you can like actually go out of the box and think of like, okay, so the clown guy, he can you can now do a balloon sculpting contest. While riding on a unicycle. Yes, and and like, see, we were, you know what, we we did, we finally did the reboot. We're like, no, it shouldn't be rebooted, but <laughs> with all different challenges and you know them particular to each contestant. Yeah, there you go. We got it. So, what's your five plugs, Kyle? Okay, so if I had five things to plug, I think the first one would be uh, my own podcast. It's called the Trivia Tavern. Uh, right now, it only has eight episodes. I'm working on the ninth and tenth episodes now. It's uh, it's a game show podcast, just like yours. Only there's actual you know game involved. I bring on two contestants. I read them trivia questions, and they win points. 
you know, they buzz in and get points, and then I have uh, prizes. Uh, what for, do for points them. mean? Points mean um, whoever has the most points uh, at the end of the game, they win a DVD copy of a good game show. But if they have the least points, they win a DVD copy of a not so good game show. Uh, all like, game shows are good here, Kyle. Um, I, I guess. Okay, let, let, let me specify. Popular game show versus not so popular game show. How about that? Okay, so so you're telling me like here's like, here's like Family Feud versus Family Challenge. Hey, hey, Family Challenge is good. <laughs> season no, no, no. Two, I'm season not, two with Michael I'm Berger. Not saying it wasn't good. I love Family Challenge. <laughs> family Challenge with both uh, Ray Combs and Michael Berger. I love them. So, I'm so just you're going telling by me popularity. like, uh, for instance, the dating game versus say labor games or biz. Bzz. You remember Buzz? That was was that WB? I think or I think that was yeah. Just Buzz. Buzz, the dating show. <laughs> the ridiculous. You know, you the problem ridiculous. is you don't have to cover those shows. I do. <laughs> oh yeah, just find find someone who's a super fan of Buzz and have a have a reality show. I could just get like a comedian, I guess, to show them. up. We can get a good yeah. 10, 20 minutes of comedy on that. Or just find the find whoever the host was and have them on your show. They're probably First the only question, one that's a fan of it. <laughs> First question or why? Second question, how? Uh, All right, so uh, yeah, the trivia tavern. You can find it on uh, Stitcher, um, Spotify, Podbean. Um, we talk, of course, we talk game shows, the greatest uh, subject of all, and then we actually then then we play a game. Uh, it's one. It's I, I try to bill it as. Uh, you know, if you're if you're in the car, you're on a long road trip, or you're waiting in line at Disneyland or something, pop on this podcast and play along with the contestants. You know, answer questions with your friends and see who can answer the most. Um, it's I call it the play the listen and play along podcast, the pub quiz for your ears. You know, we take the pub quiz out of the pub and we put it in your ears. That's what essentially a pod it is. quiz. A pod quiz. Well, there's already a pod a podcast called Pod Quiz, so they I couldn't use that name. But uh, so there's there's the trivia tavern. Uh, next thing I should plug is I'm sure this was plugged on one of your last episodes. The 2019 25 hour now 26 hour game show throwdown put on by Home Game Entertainment. I've been with this I've been with this company for about six years. Fellow game show enthusiasts, this is a 26 hour marathon of us playing game shows. It's going to be broadcasted live over Twitch Twitch TV. And during the sh- during the the throwdown, we're going to be raising money for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Uh, me personally, I'm sponsoring uh, Kapiolani Children's and Women's Hospital in my late father's hometown of Honolulu, Hawaii, where he actually was born, along with his other his other two siblings. So, uh, check uh, tune into that. It's going to be airing uh, starting July 26th, and we're going to go through July 28th. And actually, this will be my third plug is there's going to be some live episodes of my podcast trivia tavern that we're going to air live on Twitch that Friday night, July 26th. So tune into that uh, July 26th, I believe starting at 6 PM, we're going to do a couple episodes of another podcast and then the trivia tavern uh, uh, coming up after that. Uh, and if I had a fourth thing to plug, I'd say I'll plug my, my personal accounts. Yeah, you can find me on uh, you can find me on Instagram or Insta, as they call it nowadays. The kids call it Insta. You can find me at the KDKS show. 
on Instagram. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at K at uh, Kyle D K Sarah. Uh, that's also my website, my personal website, Kyle D K Sarah.com. And you can also find me on Facebook, just uh, Kyle D K Sarah. And if I had a fifth thing to plug, um, I'd like to plug uh, this this podcast that I listen to called Game Shows, I suppose. It's hosted by this guy named Jordan Haas. He's a, he's a great guy and loves loves game shows as much as I do, probably more than I do. His his knowledge spans mine a lot more than a mile. Uh, yeah, listen to Game Shows, I suppose, I suppose. And uh, yeah, great podcast. Thanks for having me on, Jordan. Thank you so much, Kyle. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Sarah. Woo! Thank you so much, Kyle, for stopping by. Once again, check out the Trivia Tavern. It's available on almost all the podcast places you can think of, including Apple and Google Play. Uh, If you want to find out more about the game show Throwdown, uh, please go to homegameentertainment.com slash throwdown. Once again, that's homegameentertainment.com slash throwdown. Uh, I guess we gotta get into some some information here. So we were talking about like the filming location for boot camp because we were drawing a blank. Uh, it was a place called Stark, Florida. Uh, I had to do the research re- real quick here. Stark, Florida is the location of boot camp. Uh, also, it is eight miles west from a National Guard base, uh, Camp Blanding. Unsure if Camp Blanding was the base that they used boot camp in, or if it was just used. Uh, just just out out of the land, but Stark, Florida has also been used in several films, including uh, GI Jane. Uh, so the Camp Blanding uh, training center was used in GI Jane. So that's led me to believe because of the success of GI Jane, maybe the boot camp set might have been uh, what they used for 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 the show. So hey, if GI Jane used it, we can use it for boot camp. Simple enough. Uh, that that's the one. With, with Demi Moore. Now I think about it, I think her name in that was actually Jordan. Let me double check, because I don't think her name was Jane. I think it was like Jordan in that. Let's see. G.I. Jane. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Lieutenant Jordan O'Neill. Hey, I was right. Oh, boy. I, I feel bad that I know that. But hey, uh, it's a Ridley Scott film. I, I, who doesn't like a good Ridley Scott film every once in a while? I mean, I, I like Blade Runner myself. Uh, so, uh, moving on here. Uh, also, it was used in Tigerland from Joel Schumacher. Uh, that starred Colin Farrell. That used Camp Landing. Basic with Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta also filmed at Camp Landing. Uh, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? Of uh, Halle Berry and Vivica Fox also filmed in uh, Stark, Florida. Uh, it also was used in the miniseries for the BBC called The State Within. Uh, it's in Bradford County next to Lottie and Hampton in a small town called Brooker. Uh, another highlight before I, I finish this off is the squad leader was usually voted on by the group. And the missions that the game required uh, involved a whole lot of cooperation. And these missions were slightly based on military training exercises. But I'm still unsure if any of the drill instructors had any say or influence in the challenges. And most likely they were kind of intent on being the reality TV version of an instructor which means being the over-the-top startler that we normally see drill instructors become in television and film. Guys, this is like the time with that Jenny Jones show. Have you ever seen Jenny Jones and Sally Jesse Raphael? Like, this was the time 
when, when they had like, please help my out of control teen or child. So then it was like, let's have the kid on. And the kid was an asshole. And then it's like, well, that's it. We're going to ship you to boot camp. And then here comes a guy in a drill instructor suit just screaming at a child. And we're supposed to be like, yeah, woo. It was kind of around that time. So now I think about it. I think this was at the time when they were trying to get a car- comical version of a drill instructor. Uh, <laughs> I still do wish, though, that the, 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 I think it's the the editing of it. it it's kind of like how reality television shows presented Donald Trump as this big businessman when we all know he kind of is a shady person. I kind of feel like that's what they kind of did with some of the drill instructors. They're putting them as a little bit too tough, a little too in your face and aggressive and while that might be the case in terms of basic training i don't think we really saw that much motivation out of the drill instructors as i think is usually presented in military life i i don't know i also wish they would fix veterans affairs so what do hell what the hell do i know uh, until then, maybe get your military facts from Eyes Left. Uh, Eyes Left is a, is a nice uh, podcast available. Uh, now, wherever, wherever you get your podcast. So go check out the Trivia Tavern. Uh, go check out Eyes Left, and I'll still be here talking about game shows every week. Uh, and now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is The Pricing Game Spotlight. I think I just bit my tongue. <coughs> Take two. Premiere date, June 23rd, 1978. Number 2875D. Aired of order, June 2nd, 1978. Finale date, Barker Air, June 4th, 2007. 4021K. Premiere date, Drew Carey, February 25th, 2008. 4221K. Take two. It's so-called because it's a game where two of four prizes total a certain price. It was up to the contestant to pick the right two. It was created by a former Prices Right director, Mark Breslow. So thank you, Mark. Here's how the game works. The contestant is shown four prizes and a target price. They must select two prizes whose prices total the target price. If they do that, they win all four prizes. If the total is incorrect, however, the contestant is given one second chance opportunity to pick the correct two. Now, knowing the prices of two prizes they selected, the total still they must pick another two. If the total still does not match the target price, he or she lost the game. If it totals correct on either chance, the contestant wins all four prizes. Unlike pick a pair, if a player uses their second chance, they don't have to keep one of the four prizes. So they can just say, well, now that I know these two, push them back and then pick the other two. History. When the game debuted on June 23rd, 1978, in Air of Order 2 and 2nd, the game board was actually a square board, and there was an extra part behind it. Originally, the game board was pink with white trim, with the dollar signs and price slips white, the board covering the names of prices with pink dots on each prize, the extra part in white, and the name of the game in blue. There are also two dollar signs in the top area. The colors were changed on March 11th, 1983, with the board yellow, purple for the dollar signs, and the price slips, orange for the board covering the prizes, 
and the trim of the board purple and yellow. With the name of the game in purple, the extra part in purple and orange color, and the $2 signs at the top, place one big dollar sign. On April 16, 1997, the game board was changed to its current appearance. The font for the target prices was changed October 22, 2009. December 3, 2008, the game was taken out of rotation but returned October 22, 2009. Starting 2013, December 9th, uh, the game board was moved behind the curtain next to the first prize when revealing the four items. And then the prize descriptions ended. The prop comes out of the usual position. This new staging is similar to race game a few days earlier. So far, the show's logo on the game setup is still the one from Bob Barker's era. There is still no straight answer on to when the game is going to have the show's logo under Drew Carey's tenure. Take-Two is only played once on primetime television, and it was the only playing to receive a win. Take-Two has also never been played first in the lineup on the show. So when you hear that, that come on down, you're first for contestants, You'll never see that be the very first game. Before the game starts, two of the four prices are chosen at random. They study the actual retail prices in secret and add them together to make it today's target price. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 42. Take-Two bears similarly with race game without the time limit. I like the Take-Two set. It's very simplistic in its design. I think what they should do is have like more light-up. I think there needs to be like a light-up. To show when you selected items, in terms of uh, in terms of a display, I love Take Two. I like the Take Two set. It's very simple, but I think with the way it looks now, it needs a little bit of an overhaul. It needs like a television screen to show the design, and I think it just needs like a nice like trim around like the two items you selected. So that way, when it's revealed, there could be a slight effect to show what the price is, and then you can decide: do you want to keep it or pass it? Who knows? Um, I like the fact that it's basic math game. So it's like if something's like if the target price was four thousand one hundred dollars, you need something that's two thousand dollars and something that's twenty one hundred dollars to win. That to me is 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 what the nature of the game and what I enjoy. And also, I kind of like how one of the prices is usually almost very close to the target amount, so you should never ever pick that. It's really one in three shot game, but I, I enjoy it. Uh. I also like the fact there's a second chance option with with the prices, right? Uh, so so to me, that's why I enjoy Take Two. Uh, just just a classic kind of a pricing game. It's one of those that can be played for about two to th- about two minutes. It's a perfect act to follow, and you get somewhat of a cohesive pricing game to it. Uh, I feel, and, and I know this is going to be really weird to say. I feel that Take-Two is one of the rare, rare games that if you're telling me what a pricing game should be on the prices, right, Take-Two should be the game you explain first. I think you need to explain Take-Two to anyone who's never seen the prices prices right game first before you go into something like Plinko or Punch-A-Bunch or any of the classics like Cliffhangers. Even though they're classics, Take-Two has the perfect example of what a pricing game should be about find the two prizes that when put together total this simple makes sense and it's nice and i like the fact that if you pick two and you fail you have a second chance you can keep one and pick something else you can ditch both of them and pick two totally different 
it works on so many levels and adds this layer of, of drama that I always love bringing up when it comes to a pricing game. And that's why I really enjoy Take Two. And hey, call me in the morning. Or don't. I, I'd probably be sleeping in. Next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we're going to rub-a-dub-dub. Well, it's not in the tub. Or we're going to be taking a shower. It's Shower Game. It's called Shower Game. All right, it's time to do the, the last part of the show, which is just the pointless filter part. Uh, hi. I usually do a review here. Uh, I've been watching Love Island, and I still have a whole lot of words to think about. I've already recorded an episode coming up that's about a show that's similar. That I might want to pair it up with that when that when it gets around. Um, but until then, I guess I got to just take the time out to uh, explain that this is a bonus episode, and we are about to uh, you know have a have a celebration on the road to the game show throwdown, as it were, uh, July twenty seventh at noon, Hyatt Place in Glendale. Uh, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people are coming up to talk about Kyle will be there. He's going to be hosting Gambit. Uh, and it's and that's it's, it's a 21 show. We have to explain a lot of these shows. But not only that, but it's not one but two, but three episodes next week of game shows, I suppose. So as these people are going to be playing game shows for almost a whole day, I'm going to be in a little bit of a marathon myself of playing games after games after games by talking about them with some of these guests. Uh, starting Monday, we'll be talking about Only Connect with my friend Travis Ebrill. Uh, two, we'll be talking about a classic, iconic game show called Password with Adam Nadef. And then Friday, uh, on, on the time right before the, the preliminaries and right before we get that launch going and donate money to Extra Life, we have Survivor with Tim Connolly. So three episodes in one week, it's going to be an overkill. But I, if you like listening to this podcast, uh, you might enjoy listening to six hours of game show discussions, I guess, all in the span of next week or not. I don't know who you are. But also, if you like it, please be sure to send a five-star review on, on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about this show. Share it. Retweet it. A link to this episode. You can find out more at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. If you have any questions, let me send, send a message my way on Twitter at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. Let me know what your favorite game shows are. In fact, that's kind of why I suggest everyone do whenever there's a game, sh- when there's a comments review section, just post your favorite game show because then, because then it might give me ideas for what to talk about in a future episode. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and I'm going to take a deep breath here. <whistles> For more information about the game show Throwdown, please go to homegameentertainment.com throwdown. You'll get a link to their Twitch and a link to donate, all raising money to a lot of children's hospitals. Should be a lot of fun. We are about eight days away, or seven days, I guess, by now. Uh-oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> I gotta probably uh, promote the show a bit more. Uh, so, so folks, have a great time. Hope you enjoy this throwdown, and hope you enjoy the next three episodes because they're a lot of fun with some great people. And then we'll hopefully go back to a regular Wednesday schedule. 
after that. So this is a heads up. So so please check out homegameentertainment.com slash throwdown for more information. That's going to do it for us here. Uh, I guess <clears throat> you're dismissed. Now get off my hill. I think I did it right. Yeah, I would never pass as a drill instructor. Oh, well. Uh, we'll have to watch a few more game shows soon. But until then, I mean, Hollywood Game Night's back on, I guess. You can watch that. Just something. I mean, it's also San Diego Comic-Con weekend, so I don't know. You can go check out all the announcements to all the superhero movies coming out. Maybe there'll be more game show Funko Pops. Remember when I did game show Funko Pop review? That was fun. Uh, so, so, hey, if there's like a Nightwing movie announcement maybe send it my way or something with titans i guess that would be interesting uh oh well uh, until then have a great night and remember the big smooch Mwah! <laughs>